0: So today we're going to be talking, well, I'm going to be listening and Kirstie is going to be talking about her breakup. She has been in a relationship for a really long time (laughs) and uh, she recently broke up with her boyfriend and she is here to tell us that story. Okay, here we go. This is going to (laughs) be super uncomfortable. Let's do it. This is Christy and this is Angie, and we're here to chat about the uncomfortable shit we secretly want to talk about as Asian millennials. This is
1: another episode of Our Shit, which means we are updating our poop troops with what's going on in our lives in terms of our mental health, mental well-being, and where we are at. And sometimes we have some solutions and sometimes we don't.
0: That's right. So with that said, welcome back to another episode of Shit We Don't Tell Mom. This is Angie. And this is Christy. Okay, so FYI to our poop troops, you're hearing this story for the first time, and so am I. I'm also hearing this for the first time. So all my reactions are going to be genuine. Not that they were (laughs) not genuine before, but you know what I mean. So we're going to talk about Christy's breakup. Yes. Yeah. I don't know what happened.
1: Angie has been very excited for this conversation because I have been holding it out on her for like months, plural. And that's because we wanted to share the story like in a recording.
0: Yeah, because this is part of our shit. Yeah. And this is something that I guess Christy is okay with sharing. So thank you in advance for sharing. But also excitement is not an adequate word for what i'm feeling i don't know what english word would i'm anticipatory (laughs) i'm not anxious anxious comes off with like very yeah i try not to put a negative spin on you know anxiousness because we both have anxiety but like i i'm yeah i don't know what the word is for it but (laughs) i am both excited to hear and also not excited to hear because i know that this was a long-term relationship and you had known and loved this person for a really long time. So of course, you know, removing that person from your daily life is a whole thing. And it it's a whole type of grief on its own. So of course I'm not excited about your grief. But I do want to know what happened and I do want to know how you're feeling about it and how you felt about it and how you will feel about it. And also that how many people have you told already <laughs> other than... <laughs> so you can know like how, how, where you rank? Yeah. Where do I rank in your, in your list? Um, no, no, no. I just want to know where you are in terms of your processing. I For see. For fuck's sakes, my dog. Well, okay. First of
1: all, one of the reasons why I'm nervous and I keep delaying, that's another thing. Like We were supposed to record this episode like weeks ago, but almost every time on the day of the recording, I'm like, no, I don't want to do it. And I just kept pushing it and pushing it. And one of the main reasons is because I feel like I have built up so much tension and I don't want to disappoint you with the story. And I feel like today's episode is going to have, this is not a good way to
0: start our episode to our (laughs)
1: listeners. You're (laughs) going to be disappointed.
0: So just... For background, it's not like I haven't spoken to Christy for all these months since her breakup. We have been speaking, but this subject has been filtered out, has been screened out somehow. We both don't ask it, don't talk about it, just kind of put it on holds. So that's why I was uh, curious about how many people Christy have already talked about this with. Why would I be disappointed? You'll see. Okay. To answer your question, how many people, I want to say like three
1: Okay. Oh, four. My mom now knows.
0: I know that you had contemplated about it for a while. Because there were times where you mentioned it. Even that time before we started our podcast, when we had a gathering and you came over and got really drunk on my rooftop patio. You were even talking about it then. And that was like over two years ago. So I've been I've
1: been dating I have been Oh my god what kind of tenses do
0: I use Jesus You had See, this, been dating you dated you okay. had been dating him you dated We had him. dated that had Jesus dated. This is this is difficult We had been oh, dating We're focusing been. on the wrong part of <laughs> this conversation it helps the
1: distraction okay so um we had dated for six years and for the last three years I have been contemplating breaking up so that for is quite heavy <laughs> a good half of our relationship I've been thinking about breaking up with this person and that that says a lot okay. granted granted the last two years like since covid,
0: is kind of a blur. So it's all kind of just like meshed together as one year. Basically. Okay, that makes sense. That, seem, that seems a bit less dramatic. Not that it's not okay, but it's just interesting. It gives me a lot of questions. So of those times where you thought about breaking up with him, what made you not go through with it? I don't know if the answers I'm about to give are like, real? What do you mean real answers? I don't know
1: if I am truly speaking from, you know, Christy in 2018 or if I'm speaking it in like hindsight, Christy Uh, 2022. Okay,
0: well, that's okay. I know that our memories don't always serve us well. because They're they're pretty shit. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But what was the okay? What was the gist of why you were contemplating all those years (laughs) years <laughs> okay so let or, me let me like okay. let me just
1: like talk about relationships in general from christy's experience okay first of all i have always been a serial monogamous i've only dated people for long term and that is by choice that's my preference and i find that in every relationship that i have been in once the honeymoon hinny, <laughs> once the once the honeymoon stage have dissipated. And that can differ between different relationships. For me, it's somewhere between like the two to three year mark. That's when the honeymoon phase starts to phase. I start questioning the entire relationship. And I just feel like every time I hit that mark of like post honeymoon, I end up breaking up with that person. Okay. I make it sound like it's very like, you know, copy and paste, but every relationship has its own story but the trajectory like the pattern is every time I date someone we go like you know two three years in honeymoon stage is over I'm like and then I end up breaking up with the person because I fucking love the honey I mean who doesn't who doesn't love the honeymoon stage right but it's like it's like drugs for me I want to keep hitting that high every time and once the high is over I'm like next let me like re- re-experience that honeymoon stage again with somebody else okay so I just keep spinning in these cycles over and over and over again until I started to date I don't even know if I should say his name have have we said
0: his name on the show before no you can just say your ex-boyfriend let's
1: call him the lobster we're gonna call him the lobster <laughs> why
0: lobster because it's his favorite food oh okay call him the lobster okay so okay, so so mr lobster <laughs> i
1: actually really like it it's very endearing so it wasn't until i got to date mr lobster It wasn't like, oh my God, I I started dating him. And then like that whole hamster wheel cycle stopped. No, no, no. The same thing happened. Okay. We went honeymoon stage. It was most excellent. And we get to the three years, starts fading, all natural. Okay. I recognize this cycle. And I'm like, "Mm, let's, let's not do that again. Let's be a little bit more mature about it this time. Okay. Like I have taken so many lessons learned from all of my other previous relationships and I have brought them into this relationship. And it is like it is probably the the most mature and best relationship that I've had because of very good communication, et cetera, et cetera. So let's be better, Christy. Let's not do the whole hamster cycle thing let's stick it out. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about some of these small issues so that it doesn't build up to resentment. Let's like talk about my feelings. If I feel like something isn't great or I feel angry at something or, you know, whatever it is about the relationship that was previously rose colored by the honeymoon stage is now a lot clearer. So let's just, let's just talk about them as they come up instead of like, being immature about it. So that's how I got through the fourth year into our relationship was putting a lot of effort talking about it. And I thought we were doing great because it was a reciprocal thing between the two of us. And, and then at some point in our relationship around like the fourth and beginning of fifth year, we both had some huge changes in our lives. And it was It basically threw both of us a curveball, but curving in different directions.
0: Yeah, I was there for that. And to someone, let, let me try to speak about it. Like anonymously, basically what happened was you were you both made career decisions. And for him, the career decision impacted his lifestyle a lot. And for you, your career decision to pursue your master's w- with your like jobs here in Vancouver, it was all going really well for you. You were doing really well. And for him, he pursued something that's completely different. So he had to burn up all his savings. He had to go back to school. And then the industry that he was going into became all wishy washy and there was a lot of uncertainty. So to me, from when you told me about the whole thing it just seemed like your lives were going in different directions is that right
1: yes but I don't want to just like blame it on that as the cause of why we broke up because we started going down different paths and this is all coming from me okay this is just my version of the story and it is going to be a very biased version and it's going to be a very like hindsighted version I felt like we started walking down different paths. We started mm, behaving like different people and people change. We grow as human beings. I was just so afraid that we were growing apart because this person, oh my God, I didn't know I was going to get so emotional so quickly. I I was so confident that this was going to be my forever person. I felt like All those past relationships have taught me to be a better partner and it had taught me to be a better partner for him. And I felt like all of his past relationship had taught him how to be a better partner for me. Like I was so sure that this person was different. And even as I'm saying it now, I feel like, oh my God, that sounds so cliche, but I don't know how else to express it because that is what I felt. And I clung on to that for a a long time. That's how I got through like the second half of those three years is because I kept clinging on to the fact that like, no, but this is the person for me. But towards the end of the relationship, I started to notice that he's not the same person as he was when we first started dating and neither am I. And that is totally normal. But what scared me the most is that we weren't growing together. We weren't growing in parallel. We were growing apart and I didn't know what to do. And I, we've talked about it so many times. We have had so many conversations that at this point, I think it like, it like scared him. It like triggered him every time I want to say like, you know, like we should talk about X, Y, Z. Whereas before he was like, okay, let's talk about it. Like he was very open about it. And towards the end, it was more like he was retreating from having these conversations because we just had so many of them and none of them were productive. Most of them were not, I can't say none because I have no idea. I didn't keep stats scores. But if I were to make an educated guess, I would say like 98% of the time we had our conversations, they didn't come up with solid solutions. We didn't have a, game plan or an action plan that we could follow through. And if we did, like we were just like forcing it. It didn't come naturally or it just like it just felt so wrong. And then and then the same issues would come up again.
0: Right. Because from those talks, nothing came of them. So of course they would come up again because talking about it doesn't always resolve it. Talking about it helps processing, helps communication. But if there are like underlying issues, it doesn't resolve it. So that makes sense. And... It seems to me, now correct me if I'm wrong, it seems to me hearing that small cross-section of your conversations with him. It sounds like you brought up these concerns, it affected him, it affected you, affected the relationship, and it put everybody on their toes, but you loved each other too much to, to split up. So each time you had those conversations, it kind of sanded down w- whatever bond you did have together. Like, I guess, like, what was the percentage, the proportion of <laughs> serious, scary conversation to, like, fun dates and things where you can fall in love over and over again?
1: It, it honestly, like, very, the ratio, I don't even know how to describe it. We were, we were basically not having fun. We were not going on fun dates and falling in love with each other. We weren't putting our energy into that. We were just putting all of our energy into trying to solve all of our problems. So then the more that we try to do that, the more we just became hyper-focused of all the issues that we had in our problems. There were times when we tried, but it, for me at least, it felt forced. It felt like it was too little, too late. Okay, this is future editing Christy here. I want to emphasize that a lot of the hyper-focusing, that came from me. I can't necessarily say that he was hyper-focusing because I, I don't think he was, but I was definitely hyper-focusing on all of our problems. And I do want to say that I think he put in a lot of effort to have dates and fall in love and do fun things. But because I was super hyper-focused and all the negative things, I felt like all that fun stuff, became forced. And I didn't think he was actually into it when really I was the one who wasn't super into it. Because how can I be into having fun when the work hasn't been done yet? We still have so much work to do, so we cannot have fun yet. So that was the mindset that I was in. And the elephant in the room just got so big that it was just sucking up all of the air around us and we didn't know what to do about it. And because I'm speaking about this on our show and our show prides itself to be like very honest and candid, part of me didn't want to break up because I didn't want to do this all over again. I didn't want to start dating someone else. I don't want to go out and meet somebody else, fall in love again, get someone to know me at such a deep and personal level. Like that is so much work. It seems like work now that I have to like, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I am such a complicated human as we all are. And to have another person like know and understand not everything because i'm changing all the time but like know enough about me and still be like eh, yeah i'm still cool with this with all of their like quirks and flaws and everything else like it's a long-ass story to tell someone basically and a long-ass story for me to absorb from the other end also and yeah. it just it just seems like the idea of going back out there and dating is mm-hmm. fucking exhausting and i'm like why do that When I have someone that I love and I'm confident about and I feel like this is just one of those challenging times in a relationship and we will get through it because I can't just keep quitting every time something goes wrong in a relationship. Let's work this out, stick through it. It is like a horrible time for everybody in the economy. We're just going (laughs) to we're just going through a rough time and we, this is right, just the pandemic and all that. yeah. And, and like everything else, right? Like turning 30, family pressures, et cetera, et cetera. Like these are just going to be like challenges that we are currently facing and it sucks now, but we're going to look back at it and that's, what's going to make us stronger. Isn't that what we we're told? That strong couples go through things together and that yeah. you might not walk at the same pace all the time because that's humanly not possible. Sometimes one person's going to be ahead and sometimes one person's going to be behind, but that's okay, right? Like as long as you take on that journey together and you look out for each other, is isn't that what matters in a decent long-lasting relationship, these are all the arguments that I had in my
0: own head for the
1: past three years because I want to believe
0: that. But you wanting to believe something and you actually believing something is different. Okay, now I have a lot of questions about these thoughts, but before I ask them, I wanted to know what what made you, but what thoughts finally led to you actually doing it after all these years?
1: In the last few months before our breakup, we were working on this new strategy. I guess this is part of the action plans. We're very like action focused people, okay? We like sit down, identify a problem and come up with an action plan, okay? And we like fucking love that shit. So (laughs) we were working on something that was part of our action plans and it was actually going quite well and what this action plan was is you know how i said you know mr lobster started to feel very uncomfortable almost like scared to have these conversations with me and for me i end up being scared to approach him about it so i kind of like let it build up and that neither of those things are healthy we recognize that so what we said was okay once a week we will set aside time and we were going to talk about all the shits okay whatever it is Future Editing Christy here again. So in these weekly meetings, we didn't just talk about the shit. We spent this time talking about our relationship as a whole, what our plans are for the future, things to help us fall in love again, reminiscing our memories. We had an app that helped guide us with conversational prompts, and the app would also ask us questions where each of the person will answer the questions individually. And once the couple have both answered the questions, then the app will reveal what the other person had said and Sometimes we would spend our meetings just kind of going through some of our answers and it really helped us get to know each other a bit more. And I had always thought we had very good communication because we hate making assumptions, but the app really helped us. Sometimes the app or our conversations in general will navigate through some trickier conversations and sometimes it would just be like a really nice conversation. So basically, it wasn't all shits, but we did have weekly meetings where we got together and discussed our relationship and it helped reduce some of Mr. Lobster's anxiety because before I would just keep wanting to talk about our relationship all the time and it felt super uncomfortable for him. But knowing that we had time set aside and knowing what kind of questions the app was giving us that week, we have a better idea of what the conversation will be like we just felt better emotionally prepared to have that chat that way we could spend the rest of our times and the other days and hours of the week not having to worry about like oh my gosh is Christy going to want to talk about our relationship again and i don't feel like oh my gosh she never wants to talk about our relationship and that was actually going really well and it was actually at one of those weekly meetings that i dropped the bomb and i said well I think we should just break up and like well what the fuck you know what were you talking about before that how did it lead up to me dropping the bomb I'm trying to remember who I was at that moment I was sitting in my bathroom floor with my back behind my bathtub I'm trying to like remember that person right now (laughs) okay you know what i'm like literally reading my journal right now (laughs) okay read it and oh god out loud jesus okay this is what i wrote mr lobster and i broke up today i'm not completely destroyed yet and that scares me because it means i have not fully felt the gravity of this and it might catch up to me later neither of us expected this for our conversation today I wanted to tell Mr. Lobster why I wanted to get married, but that conversation turned into marriage itself, and my thoughts on how, man, my grammar is no good, <laughs> on how <laughs> if, <laughs> okay, I'm just gonna read verbatim, okay, and my thoughts on how. <laughs> how <laughs> sorry,
0: it's <laughs>
1: not. It's not. It's nervous laughter. <laughs> my thoughts on how if I want it and he doesn't, then there's no point. He said that the ball is in my court. He says that I need to commit to a decision. So I did. Although we have a lot of peripheral issues, it has come down to my version of our future is not the same as his version of the future. I want marriage. He does not. Neither of us want to change.
0: I think that's quite a well thought out and logical response to your breakup. And to me, it sounds like a lot of those conversations you had with him and the conversations you had with yourself were very logical based. I am by no means a relationship expert. But when you were telling me about the reasons why you wanted to stay like, oh, Another reason I want to stay is I don't want to do this all over again. Another reason I want to stay is like he is my person. Another reason I want to stay is like i don't I don't want to quit again.
1: I mean okay so, I,
0: he's all he's just he's
1: also a, a just like a great, great person. person, and it would suck not to have a great human being in my life. yeah,
0: and those are super valid reasons not to leave. I think a lot of people including myself, have the same thoughts when I think about when, when my like thought process goes down that path. I just think in my personal opinion, I think that you or I or anybody would need a little bit more than those reasons to stay. They're great reasons to stay. They're great reasons not to leave, but they cannot be the only reason to stay is how I feel about it. And When you started talking about those weekly relationship meetings, I hope this doesn't come off like a criticism. (laughs) Like I'm not criticizing what happened. I'm trying to analyze it along with you. So if you think I'm going overboard or if I'm stepping out of bounds, like let me know. But I think what happens when somebody tells a personal story is the listener starts to relate to it on their own personal level. So when you started talking about your weekly meetings, it reminded me of like an actual job. If something happened and you're feeling like you might want to quit the job, then of course you look for reasons to stay like, oh, I don't want to go through the job process again. I don't want to have to find another job, getting to know my coworkers, getting to know how the job goes, how to be successful on my role. I don't want to go through all that again. Plus, like, I really like this company and I really like my coworkers, so I don't want to leave. But if there's something where it just doesn't suit you and the job, like you and the job just don't go together. But there's all these other things that makes it great. But you've been thinking about quitting for a long time. Like, It doesn't bode well for the future of this job, <laughs> of you in this job. And, and the thing is, I have been through, like my current job, for example, I felt that way for a long time. And I came around to it. And now I don't want to leave and I want to stay. And I think that's the biggest difference for me is before I didn't want to leave because there were many reasons that I want to leave, but now I want to stay. I think that's a big difference. And how I got through that hurdle with my job is that I had these, of course, I had these performance reviews with my bosses, right? And they were analyzing my performance. Those always gave me Anxiety. It was when I was left alone to do my job, and then seeing my own work su- succeed, did I become more and more like, oh, maybe I can do this. Maybe I am good at this. Maybe I can stay here long term. Maybe I will move up. And if you told me that I had to have a weekly check in meeting with my boss on my progress, I would have quit right <laughs> away. Because I feel like sometimes you just need to be given the space to do your work, and. That's what I thought when you were telling me about your weekly meetings. But the lack of doing fun things, because I feel like a relationship should be fun. There should be opportunities to fall in love with each other among the, you know, drudgeries of everyday life. And if that was something that you didn't share with Mr. Lobster and you finally got to the part where you're like, well, we don't see the same future. We don't have this. We don't have that. Then it becomes the reasons to leave start to outweigh the reasons to not leave.
1: So I love that you used a work analogy, because I think that is so relatable. And what you basically described about, you know, leaving you to do your own work, and then seeing yourself progress, and then feeling a bit more confident each time you succeed, that is basically like the recipe to get out of imposter syndrome. So so yay. Side bonus to this episode, <laughs> we also talk about imposter syndrome. <laughs> yeah, but
0: I feel like you can kind of transfer yes, that to a it, relationship. I think it's a great
1: analogy. Oh, fuck I wrote down see this is what happens when I don't have my notepad. I don't got my pen with me.
0: Hold on everybody. Christy's just having a major freak out about the lack of list. Uh, okay. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs>
1: Hey Poop Troops, you're probably more than halfway into the show and we just want to thank you for listening. If you're enjoying the show, please consider giving us a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're tuning in from. We love hearing from you and it's what motivates us to make the show. If you're curious about mental health resources curated for Asian millennials, basically stuff Angie and I find helpful, Visit our website at mom.com That's one giant word, don't mom.com
0: The best way to support our show is by sharing the episode with a friend. If you would like to get us a cup of coffee or a bubble tea, there is also a link to do that in the show description or on our website. All right, that's enough for now. Enjoy the rest of the show. Now, here is the fun kicker,
1: Okay. Here's the thing that I am most nervous about in this conversation because I think I'm afraid of judgment from you. Fuck.
0: Wait, judgment from me? Judging what? Okay. Oh, you know, okay, I think I know what you're talking about. Okay. I think in the past I have been a little bit, what's that word? Forcing my values upon (laughs) others when I heard that you and Mr. Lobster weren't going on dates. I was like, nah, man, you gotta have dates. Like, do the dates. The dates. You gotta fall (laughs) in love with each other. You gotta, like, keep that
1: up. I I mean, I agree. I agree. Dates are great. And we do need to fall in love. And, you know, I think those are very valid, friendly advices. And I still fully agree with you about those. What I am most afraid of, in terms of judgment, is after that night that I had broken up with him, I had a fucking shit show of a week as I'm sure he did as well because every single day I changed my mind so the next day I messaged him about it and I gave a whole spiel about why my mind changing is valid (laughs) I backed it up with a lot of good points okay and let me paint this picture I'm at the end of my semester I am in like final paper writing mode Okay. So I am very academically prepared to write this text message essay. (laughs) (laughs) The next day, I revert all of my past arguments from 24 hours ago and I will argue why we need to break up. That went on literally for seven days until it got to the point where my last message was. I think we should stay together because of ABCDEF. And his response was, this is really fucking overwhelming. It's been an emotional shit show. I need to sit with all of these feelings and process. And that's when I realized I have been the one to dictate everything that has been going on in our relationship. I am the one who starts talking about all of the problems. I am the one who said we should have weekly meetings. I am the one who broke up I am the one who got back together. And then I am the one who broke up again. And I am the one who got us back together again. The entire duration of our crazy roller coaster for maybe our whole relationship, I was not really listening to what he has to say. Not really. I will invite him into the conversation, but I don't even know if that's something that he was prepared to do. i just like give him the mic. That's my definition of sharing the floor. But maybe he didn't even want to be in the room. Maybe he wasn't even ready for a conversation yet, right? Like I did not ever consider those factors. And of course, after like post-breakup situations, I do the best and smartest thing people would do. I scroll back on our WhatsApp chat messages And I'm going like way the fucking back, okay? I'm like in fucking 2017, 2018. And now what I'm seeing is, first of all, the way I had described our relationship as being problematic, that shit did not happen until like late 2019. And he was really fucking good and patient and caring and loving and generous and kind to me. I also saw I I did not reciprocate very well. And it might sound like I'm being hard on myself and maybe putting him on a bit of a pedestal and like putting a halo effect on him. But the thing is, I am seeing the evidence in the text messages. It's not just based off of memory anymore. Like I blame him for not attending any of my family functions or my family vacations. But every time he asked me to come to his family functions, I always said no. Okay, that's just like one example I was not very generous. I was not very respectful. I was not very caring or giving. I'm not just trashing on myself because I'm just seeing more of the realities. And I think if I hadn't read any of those text messages, like we mentioned earlier, our memories are shit. I would have formed this whole other narrative about who Mr. Lobster was and how our relationship came to be when really I wasn't taking much accountability or responsibility at all. And I recognize that we are at different places right now. I recognize that there's a lot both of us need to work on, not just for a relationship's sake, but like for ourselves. We need time and space to work on ourselves because like I said, last few years, We got thrown some curveballs. We ended up in places that we didn't think we were going to be. And it really messed us up as just like our own human. So of course, it's going to ripple into our relationship. And how are we supposed to work on our relationship when we couldn't even work on ourselves yet? How are we supposed to repair something in our relationship when there is something that needs to be fixed within our own person? And so my last proposal to Mr. Lobster was I definitely think we need to take time apart. We need to work on ourselves. He has admitted that to me so many times and I just don't think I have given him the space. He has told me a lot of things that's been hurting him in his life and I wasn't there to support him. And I recognize that. And maybe I can't be there right now. And that's something he needs to work on. He needs to deal with some shit on his own. But it also means that I need to work on some shit on my own. And I want to work on how to be a better partner, how to be a kinder person, how to be more generous, not just for Mr. Lobster, but just for any of my relationship. For the sake of my own self-growth, I need time and space to work on me before I can even think about touching a relationship. And so my last proposal is I don't think we should break up, but I do think we need a hell of a time apart. And I know that this means I risk us not actually being together because time can definitely drift people apart. I recognize that if I say we're going to go on a break, especially if it's going to be like some infinite break, there's a risk that I'm going to meet another person. He might meet another person. And then it's just like peace, right? And, and I'm okay. I'm willing to accept that risk. And this time apart, I am working on myself to be a better partner to whomever it will be in the future. So what I was most afraid of in telling you, Angie, was that we have not actually broken up. That. We are on a break, and I am so afraid of judgment.
0: What a soliloquy, eh? (laughs) I hope you can see that I'm actually smiling right now. I'm happy. The last thing I would do is judge you, because I've been through very similar situations and I think it's because we don't really talk about those situations that we're scared of other people judging us when in actuality they've done the same thing so first of all I'm very happy that you guys are not actually broken up because as you were talking about it I could tell like you have a lot of love for him and he does for you the one time I met him (laughs) And yes, just is... one time. Yes, do you okay? For context, it was uh, like a couple days before Christie's birthday, and Mr. Lobster texted me somehow. Sorry, I met him that one time when you came over for my housewarming back in two thousand eighteen, and he came along. I barely talked to him because there were so many people just, you know, just insert a flex. Before when I had more than 10 friends and then pandemic happened and now I'm like, who are my friends? (laughs) Yeah. So I guess that was the second time. So he messaged me. He's like, hey, I want to do this recording, this video for Christy's 30th birthday. You know, that year there was a lot of videos. I remember a lot of videos because all of us were turning 30 and it was pandemic. So there was a lot of videos. And I was like, yeah, okay. And I guess he was on a time crunch because he had all these people's houses to hit up. And he had already hit up a few houses, and then he was going to Come meet me here. But then I told him I had to go drive my car around because my battery died. And I drove to a supermarket and I was in the parking lot. And I told him I was in the parking lot. So he drove all the way to the supermarket. He comes over. He's like, hi, hi. He like pulls out these balloons out of his car. He pulls out all these little props and he's like, okay, hold this and then stand here and then I'll film. And then he filmed and I was like, happy birthday, crazy!" blah, blah, blah. I did my spiel. We finished up and then he gets in his car and he doesn't leave yet. I think he's like doing some texting. I think he's figuring out his like route, whatever, where to go next to hit up all of Christie's friends. And then when I try starting my car again, my battery died again. And I was like, for fuck's sakes. And then he noticed that I was like standing outside my car, like not moving. He's like, hey, is everything okay?" And I was like, my car battery died. And then he was like, oh, no. And then he stayed around and then i called bcaa and then when i finally had finished he like came out of the car he's like oh i'll drive you home and i thought that was so sweet and i was like wow what a good person and then we just chatted in the car you know and i was like yeah okay and then i never really like interacted with him again but i was like yeah i like him (laughs) of course (laughs) like so you're right he is a really good person so of course like i'm happy that you're not okay maybe not I'm not one to feel happy or sad about your relationship. What I'm really happy about is you recognizing all of these things that you had described. Like when you were talking just now, there was like no pauses and you speaking. It came directly from the heart to like it was just boom, 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 boom. And to me, I was like, wow, that's growth.
1: <laughs> I just exemplified like self-actualization. <laughs>
0: The fact that you recognize like, hey, I'm not perfect. I did all these things. I didn't look at his perspective. I want to work on myself and he wants to work on himself. And then together, maybe we'll find our way back to each other. But we're not calling it quits 100% because we're not ready to just let it go. And I think it takes a different kind of bravery to approach that too. Because I don't know if I could do that. Because to me, that's just so anxiety inducing because I'm like, what if they meet someone else? But again, that's like another that's another symptom of like insecurity. So it feels like to me, you are feeling pretty secure about the situation and the amount that you want to improve yourself exceeds the amount of anxiety over it. So that to me shows a lot of growth. Zero judgment. Well, I guess positive judgment is still (laughs) done.
1: See, what I would love is just to like end the episode there, you know, that'd be great. But here's the thing. All of what I had just said is just my proposal. I have not heard back from him yet about his thoughts. And he had asked for time to think about it. And because I am, I am such an action oriented person. And I had just mentioned, I was the one who's making all the decisions. It's been really tough for the last few months, just not saying anything and giving him that space to just to process because for me a few months could be like eternity but for him it's like maybe barely enough time and i think that's the that's the hardest part so far because i i am
0: still sitting here like a sitting duck that would also be extremely anxiety inducing
1: so when i mentioned judgment yes i was afraid of judgment from you but not just you like
0: angie but
1: i think in my mind you represent the collective. Don't don't ask me why. Let's not go into that. (laughs) No, excellent. I love representing the collective. (laughs) So in my mind, I was afraid to tell my story because I was afraid of judgment from everybody else. And maybe I am projecting my own self-judgment onto other people because there are still flaws in this proposal that I have written up.
0: (laughs) proposed what 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 is a good term for this
1: (laughs) the proposal that
0: you have put forth thank you see clearly
1: we are recording this in summer mode because i ain't in school no more okay (laughs) (laughs) essay writing christy is gone now the proposal that i have put forth there are obvious flaws because what about all that stuff that i talked about about us growing apart about me wanting marriage and him not wanting marriage like these are these are big items these are fundamental things in a relationship like what about those and i recognize that okay i just want to put it out there i recognize that and maybe part of me is some sort of uh you know has this romanticism in me but i i i want to try so hard and i think that this is also the next mature thing for us to do as both humans and as partners is to give ourselves that space to grow knowing that there's a risk we might not come back together, but still leaving that as an option that we could.
0: Yeah, and, you know, those are the things you see. What I see is, like, bravery and honesty. Being honest to yourself. Like, facing those realities, I think, is really hard. And, yeah, like, I know it sounds really cliche, and I'm your friend, so I have to support you, but I do think it's very <laughs> you brave what you're <laughs> doing. You have to. I must. But I do think it's really brave what you're doing. Like, I don't think... A lot of people can do that. Like, I don't think a lot of people can feel grounded enough to be like, okay, I'm going to give them space at that. Like, I'm actually going to give them space. Like, that's a hard thing to do, especially if you have a similar background to Christy and I, where we're like, we're the only children. We had to take a lot of autonomy for ourselves as kids. So we're used to making decisions for ourselves from a young age. So we like being in control. Being in control means less anxiety because it means less situations where we could die basically. So, I do think what you're doing is very, very impressive because of those reasons. Thank you. You're welcome.
1: Well, wow, we have never done that on the show before.
0: No, we haven't. That's the first time you've heard us make those noises. It and won't the- be the last. <laughs> And like, you know, not to like, you know, give away too much, but I know that one of the episodes we want to record this season is about how journaling saved my relationship. And you were there when I told you I had broken up with my boyfriend and then we got back together literally a week later. Guess what I was doing there in that week? <laughs> Flip-flopping. flip <laughs> <laughs> Flip-flopping. <laughs> Flip-flopping. I literally called him every day. I will text him be like, can we talk? And he'll be like, okay, give me a second. And then, he, and then he will either call me back and be like, okay, I can talk now. And then we talked on the phone every day. Like similar to what you did, but it was on the phone. Yeah. And I still remember like sitting on the floor in my bedroom with my back against my bed because I felt so much anxiety. And then after I hang out the phone, I'm like, as you're being crazy right now, like what the hell, like... Process your emotions properly. Like you're the one who initiated the breakup, like blah, 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 blah. So I went back and forth and back and forth. And then we got back together literally like a week after (laughs) I had been like, this is
1: over. So the takeaway is between Angie and I, one week is the
0: average. (laughs) One week is how long we need to go. Oh, fuck, I made a mistake. (laughs) And it takes 24-hour flip-flopping. Yeah, and the flip-flops weren't even, like, the same flip Like, every time I flip-flopped, there was a legitimate reason. Yes, yes.
1: Yes. Like, I'm telling you, every time the flip-flop happened, like, I had a case. Okay? For both sides. I was the... <laughs> you were
0: the, the prosecution and the defense. Yeah, so so of course, that's why I'm like, judgment? Dude, I've been there. <laughs> like, almost to the T. <sighs> uh, okay, so then the other
1: takeaway is all of that fear that we have about what our friends think, what our family thinks, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, so much of it is in our own heads or... Part of it is a projection of our own self-judgment. And even if people are judging me, and I'm sure not everyone might agree with my decisions, like that's okay too because you do whatever you want with your life and I do
0: what I want with mine. Exactly. There you go. And bye. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Okay, so in
1: today's episode, I shared finally with Angie and all of you listeners But what's going on with me and Mr. Lobster, our roller coaster of a breakup and then non-breakup, how I have reached self-actualization, but not really, just really understanding a little bit more about the areas that I need to work on so that I can become a better partner and the decisions that I have made with regards to my relationship. And I'm going to end our episode with the last few text messages between Mr. Lobster and I dated March 29th. And I said, I think rest is good. I need some rest too, Mr. Lobster replies. Okay, that sounds good. Let's rest a little, try to sleep some more and eat good.
0: Smiley face. Oh, I think that's very sweet. You're making a face (laughs) and I don't really understand. (laughs) I was trying to smile. (laughs) It looked a bit forced. Oh, really? I, I think what it is, reading it is probably a bit bittersweet for you because of course it's A nice message but it also makes you miss him oh so dearly and i'm sure you want to talk to him but you can't because you gotta give him space yes well thank you christy for sharing everything that's happened with you over this past few months and also just sharing the gist of your journey with yourself through this relationship the ups and downs and you coming to a conclusion or not a conclusion but coming to some sort of a conclusion about yourself A plan,
1: an action plan.
0: (laughs) See, you like to, you are learning how to love yourself first so that you can love someone else better. And I think that's a beautiful thing. So, again, thank you for sharing and we'll talk to you next episode. (laughs) We'll see you on the next episode. Bye. Bye.
1: Thank you for listening to the Shit We Don't Tell Mom podcast
0: with Christy and with Angie. Get that uncomfortable shit out in the open with your partner, a dear friend, a trusted family member, and with us. And as much as we love talking, we
1: also love to listen. Hit us up with any feedback or topics you'd like us to chat about on Instagram at Shit We Don't Tell Mom or email us at Shit We Don't Tell Mom at gmail.com.
0: Be sure to subscribe and share with your friends. Bye! Bye. So how do you feel
1: now? I feel glad that you are now on the same page. And I'm honestly going to use this episode so that my friends will also be on the same page because I have not shared this story with many people and I don't want to have to repeat it 5,000 times. Yeah, I think in all seriousness, I'm, I'm really glad that I, I was able, like I'm like, Basically, you now know what's up, you know, and I feel good about that. It's not a relief because it wasn't like there was tension. Well, maybe there was relief because I felt like there might be judgment, but the response wasn't what I had expected. I didn't expect you to be like, you are brave and you are self-actualizing and like, look at all these amazing things you're doing and blah, blah, blah. So, you know. That feels nice to hear. It was it was really nice to hear you share the story of Mr. Lobster and the car situation. Like a little reminder of like he's he's great. He has flaws, and so do I. But it's it's nice to focus on some of the good things too.
0: Well, let me know now if there's something you need to talk out. I'm I'm here for you. Cool. I cool.
1: yeah. I I just don't feel like there's. I don't feel like I'm harboring anything on the inside that I feel like I need to talk it out. You know. That's good. I That's feel good. pretty like, better. I feel pretty fucking liberated. Not because like we broke up or not broke up, but just like, yes, this I'm still an action. Si- <laughs> Or like <laughs> more like, yes, I'm still a sitting duck and that, that is a level of anxiety. But for most of it, I feel actually pretty liberated because I have time and space to work on me. Mm. And it was a scary thought because like, I don't know what it's like to be single. I think there is some level of dependency because i've been in a relationship since i was 14
0: yeah because for us that honeymoon phase like having someone take care of us like whoa i know right
1: good. oh man like, it's like the elixir of life yeah exactly. <laughs> I know, it's a bit extreme but like that shit is good mm-hmm. <laughs> i maybe that's something to explore actually another episode yeah maybe well Take we can explo- explo- explode, but
0: explode <laughs> we could explore it when we record the episode about the journaling saving relationship because a lot of that came up for me as well
1: mm. mhm okay let's make a note sure. of that okay cool cool